Welcome, everyone, to episode 24 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your perennially late host, Stephen Myring, Talus on the boards. Joining me today is my co-host. This is the part where we have to guess which one you're trying to lead in, right? No, no. Mike Mike has a different title than you. Yes, true. Oh, right. I'm the co-host and he's the co-co-host, right? Correct. But who, okay. who are you? That's the real question. I'm Caitlin Argeros, leading Cazero on the boards, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, too. On my literal final hours in the United States, I have less than eight left. Uh, and also joining us is the Coco host. I really hope that's Coco, like, with an A, because that does sound delicious. Coco Butter host? Sure. Yeah. I'm Mike. Mike on the boards. I guess we I should have... say Mike Salvato, because there is two mics now, huh? Oh, yeah, there's two mics now. We have, we have, we're doubling up on names. We are hiring like crazy at RPG Fan. So today we have the second part of our fantastic, amazing battle series. Our previous episode, which should be up by the time I start editing this one, was on battle themes. This one is on boss themes. So we have picked out a selection of our absolute favorite boss themes. Uh, I tried to vary it up a little bit. I got, I think, a game that I've, we never featured here. And I know Mike picked one that we've never featured. And Caitlin picked all awesome stuff, too, because everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the Rhythm Encounter team. <laughs> But before we do that, we're going to, as usual, talk about some recent albums. And I think uh, we did I pick most of these? Yeah, I picked most of these. But you guys picked the Final Fantasy XIV one. So coming up first, we have from uh, Sean Shafiansky, who is a friend of the show. Uh, we have Fire Eyes from his Secret of Evermore remastered album, which if you have any love at all for Secret of Evermore, uh, you'd love it. I don't have any particular love for Secret of Evermore, and I love this album. Following that, we have Final Fantasy Tactics from Game Generation 5, which is arranged by also a friend of the show, Casey Ormond. Um, and this is sort of a really fantastic arrange album of a lot of classic Generation 5 games. Following that, we have from the Ethereal String Project, arranged by Josh Barron. We actually have one of the, uh, it's an original piece from that album. It was an arrangement, or it was an arrangement album uh, of several different games music, which really fantastic, all done with strings. Uh, and this is actually an original piece composed by Barron. And then finally, we have, and I believe this is the Steps of Faith theme from Final Fantasy XIV, the final trial before Heavensward. This is Faith in Her Fury. So before I discuss how amazing all of these songs are, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to Fire Eyes, Final Fantasy Tactics, Forest of Awakening, and Faith in Her Fury.
I hate to say something that I've probably said every single time we talk about Sean Shafiansky's work, but I really feel like Fire Eyes showcases all of the strengths of his work. Um, there's just, I think there's a really good understanding of the source material here. You know, obviously you have that like deep jungle vibe with all the different ambient sound effects, but the actual song itself, Jeremy Soule's work is very different from what I would say is pretty standard in a lot of JRPGs. And this one was made in the US, so that maybe that makes sense that it fits. But I think he really manages to sort of give it a modern edge in terms of the tech aspect of it without, you know, he sort of steps out of the way of the strength of the material and just performs it very well or has arranged it very well. But I, I really dig that song. You know, when I reviewed it, I said it was my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I like the tune a lot. I know, I haven't and played the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> We can we we can talk at the same time and people can try to decipher what we're saying. Talk 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 talk. Both people, uh, all people. Well, what I was going to say is I actually really like that there are four sounds in the background. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, a nice way to. I mean, if you didn't already get a jungle vibe from it, having that be in the background sort of just enhances the sort of atmosphere of the song. Yeah, I don't remember where it plays in the game because it takes like. Unless I'm totally remembering wrong, like most of the game or a lot of the game take place in like real world areas, but I can't remember where that one was. But yeah, the, the jungle vibe is really cool. The magic jungle. The magic jungle. In the jungle. And then the, obviously I have a deep abiding love of anything from Final Fantasy Tactics, obviously. And so does Casey Orman. That's why he was on, I think it was episode three way back in the day, Orman Alliance. But, uh, you know, Casey is the arranger of the Final Fantasy XII Piano Collections album. and Such also, a good piano album. And the Valkyria Chronicles piano piece is also a really good piano album. And we, we joked with him then that we really wanted him to get Square Enix to let him do an arrangement of Tactics. And I feel like this song is basically a tease of what he could do if he were allowed to arrange FF Tactics for piano. Uh, the arrangement's fantastic. The song selection is great. Performance, the transitions between each song. Just really solid stuff. I believe... Uh, I'm gonna mi- I'm gonna misquote the title of the song, but I think "Battle on the Bridge." Yes, yeah, the one "Battle that, on the Bridge." Yeah, "Battle on the Bridge" comes in around a minute, I think, and it's just. Well, it essentially is "Battle on the Bridge." Yeah, "Battle on the Bridge" has the one of the main themes of the game, but this is clearly "Battle on the Bridge," and it's clearly awesome. That's I mean that's really all I got to say about it. Orman's great, his performance is great, and that song just. Mm. It's my favorite song on the soundtrack, so I'm selfishly very happy that they picked it. I picked it for you. Well, also for me, but also for you. <gasps> Yay! Thank you! You're a Saki fan, so, you know, I figured. I'm the Dark Souls of Sakimoto. That's true. Because um, Tactics never got a piano album, huh? Tactics cool. did not get a piano album, but I bet it will in the future. I just, I would like Casey to be the one, one responsible for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's, there, you know, there's... Not that there's anything wrong with other Final Fantasy Piano Collection albums, but there's just there's something to be said for having a, a strong understanding of the source material. And Casey loves the Evilly stuff, so I, I really think he could do great work with a full Final Fantasy Tactics piano range. Do it! Do it! Forest of Awakening. So the reason I picked this, obviously, is that it's unique and that it's the only original track on the album. And... The rest of the album is fantastic. You should go buy it and listen to it. It's all really excellent uh, string arrangements of some classic tunes. There's Mass Effect in there. There's Halo. There's your Final Fantasy. There's all kinds of good stuff in there. And uh, this is actually uh, Josh Barron. And I think the piano was performed by Kevin Wan. And it's, 
I think that while the rest of the album showcases the strength of Baron's ability to arrange, this really tells me that I would love to hear his work in an actual game because it it sort of has this pleasant foresty melody that I think would sound great in a game. You know, it gives me some sort of hints of Shimamura like Xenoblade style, like it would fit like a big wide open area, you know, with lots of green verdure, if you will. But uh, I'm a big fan. What do you guys think? I was actually really surprised to learn that this wasn't an arrangement of something else. Like, I didn't know at first when I heard it that it was original. And it sounded like it just worked perfectly. Like, this is a beautiful track. Where, what game is this from? And then I was even more impressed when I found out that it was original. It was like, so this, this dude really knows what he's doing. I mean, there are, there are skills, obviously, that cross over between composing original pieces and doing arrangements. But I think that this really does show that he's got a good handle on He's got both. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like the whole album, too. We picked basically all albums that we like, so this is just going to be a love fest. <laughs> when is it not on Rhythm Encounter? Touche. We only like love. We don't like hate. We're like anti-Sith. That would be Jedi. No, it wouldn't, Michael. It could be Dark <laughs> Jedi. Oh, sorry. Okay. But, uh... Speaking of Dark Jedi, Faith in Her Fury, all I can think of when I listen to this song, uh, it's a long loop. Uh, I think it's like a four-minute loop because the song's eight minutes long. All I really remember is getting stepped on by a dragon and not having any idea what was going on. And then we won, and I went into Ishgard, and it was cool. Yeah, so to set the stage for this, this is you are fighting a gigantic dragon. It's probably one of the largest, if not the largest, boss uh, bosses in the game. And it's a really interesting uh, raid or eight-man battle because not only do you have to kill this guy, but there's a really uh, present time limit on you. If you don't do it fast enough, then Ishgard is basically toast. And there are all just sort of different things you have to do during the fight to, to help. It was a really interesting, different uh, challenge from a lot of the other uh, eight-man content in the game at that point. And the music itself really, I think, reflects that sort of epic scale, not only of the boss, but also everything that's at stake if you don't, you know, Yeah, the song makes sure that you know you can't be dragging your feet. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, Lord. No, but I love this track so much. It's got great sense of uh, movement to it with the way the, sort of the beat is relentless and it's always there in the background and having... A lot of uh, brass present to sort of give you that uh, epic feel. And I, love, I, love, I love the piano. Uh, there, every time there's a, ba- a battle thing that has lots of uh, prominent piano, I'm like, yay! I love the piano. No, I really do. I love, all of, I love everything Soken does, though, at this point. I, like, you could have picked anything from Before the Fall, I think the music in 14 continuously got better. Obviously, I think some of the area themes from, like, the vanilla 2.0 release were amazing. But, you know, Soken is just getting... Or how do we put it before? Basically, we are at the point where, like, in Heaven's Word, all of the material is new, original Soken material, I believe. Yeah. Whereas before, both the development team and Soken were having to work within an established framework of they have to rebuild this material that already exists. And as they got further and further away from that, and, you know, started telling their own story. A, the storytelling went through the woof, roof, the woof, through the woof. It went through the woof, and 
more importantly, the music just got more and more sophisticated, but also never got away from having that really catchy melody. Like, this song is a lengthy track, but I feel like there's that one through line that you just, you hook into, and it really helps carry you through the song. Mm-hmm. I get pumped whenever I hear the, the song, right from the beginning. I'm just like, all right, it's time to go kick some butt. Yeah, hashtag everybody at RPG fan loves Final Fantasy XIV. We all know it. Moving on. Into our first block, then. Our first block, indeed, which you get to introduce because your track is first. Yeah, and it's awesome. Uh, so my pick is Don't Speak Her Name from Fire Emblem Awakening. Whose name? Um, well, that would be a spoiler. I know, so I know whose name it is. I do, too. Oh, okay. Go on. But, but our listeners might not, and it's I don't true. want to spoil it for them. Suffice it to say, it's a very important person that something bad happens to, and we're all kind of bummed about it, but we have to fight, and mm, it's very, very emotional. You might say it's time to change our fate. Mm, yes, okay. maybe. <laughs> I picked the second track. It's from a game that I, I actually feel like the internet, I don't know if we're hipstering out as collectively, but everyone is deciding that they don't hate Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy <laughs> Mystic Quest. Uh, maybe it's just because we all realize the music is great, and so now we're like, yeah, the game totally wasn't that bad. But I remember very distinctly back in the day, everyone hating on that game all the time, and now people are like, it's so cool. Regardless, I picked Battle 2 from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It's my most played song in Theater Rhythm Curtain Call. It's a just fantastic, fantastic song that I cannot get enough of, and you should listen to it here and tell me how great it is. Following that, Michael, you had the last track. Yeah, I picked Plosive Attack, which I've always wondered if that's a mistranslation. It should be explosive, but what are you going to do? It's a boss battle theme from Parasite Eve. And I'm going to talk about it after we listen to it. All right, then. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Don't Speak Her Name, Battle 2, and Plosive Attack.
this track, we already kind of talked a little bit about spoilers with what happens. I'm not going to mention names, but suffice to say, right before this plays in the game, someone has just died. It's someone that your characters are close to. It's a very... Batman. Well, thank you for spoiling it, Steven. Sorry. No one, Um, no one, whatever happened to the Dark Knight. It's a very emotional time for them. They really just want to get somewhere safe so they can grieve. But this fight happens. They have to fight their way out. And it's it's a, technically a boss battle because um, you have to fight a named guy who's kind of a dick. And the music itself uh, only plays at this, this one battle in the game. So it's a special battle. But there's such a deep emotional quality to the music that plays here. Um, it's one of the most tragic battle themes I've ever heard, uh, just on its own. Like, even if I didn't know anything about the game or the characters, I would hear this and think something really bad just happened, and oh my god, it's so beautiful, but also so sad at the same time. The sad tone of it reminds me of Prisoners of Fate from Chrono Cross, which is also a very sad boss battle theme. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One, one of those... Also, another theme where you kind of don't want to fight this battle, but you know you have to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, which, which, that's pretty interesting considering I have not played the game and didn't know anything about the song, and that's exactly what I got out of it. I was like, this seems like it's a very like important battle. It has its emotional, you know, crunch. Like, like sometimes when I know what a song is for, if it's a game I've played, like I go, okay, well, you know, I. I get a certain feeling from the song, but I always wonder, like, is it because I know the game? And in this case, I don't know the game, and I still got, apparently, what I was supposed to get out of it. So, I guess they did that one right. That means we have to give, I believe, Ray Kondo a high five. That might have been Morishita. There were three composers on Fire Emblem. The most epic of high fives. Yes. Awakening as a whole has a fantastic soundtrack, a topic we've covered before when I played, uh, I think, Id Purpose on uh, Music of the Year last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah, last year. Awesome music, though. Great selection. Speaking of great selections, mine was a great selection. Right? Anybody? Yes. Yes. Good thing I'm here. Anyone? <laughs> uh, Mystic Quest, uh, I believe it's uh, Ryuji Sasai, I think, did that song. Uh, it's That so- whole song just sounds like somebody took a rock band and did their music through a Super Nintendo sound chip and... You know, obviously it's got quite a, sort of that rocking tone to it, but the melodies and stuff, uh, I just, that, it just hooks you so well. It's a relatively short loop. All the songs in the game are pretty short loop. Man, they just get you so pumped for battle. It, and if you have Curtain Call and you don't play those songs because you don't care about Mystic Quest, you should stop and play them more because they're awesome and super fun. The note charts on them are great. And I like Mystic Quest music. The End by Stephen Myring. I like the, um... I don't even know what to call it. It's it's like a because it's all synths, but the sort of that that plays sort of in the bridge, like around twenty five seconds or so, is really yes, cool. I agree. And I like the whole classic SNES sound to it. Like it, this reminds me of other games that I've played on the SNES that ha- are not Final Fantasy, but are also good. Interestingly, too, that composer, Ryuji Sasai, I think he helped with, like, Bahamut Lagoon. Uh, was it Bahamut Lagoon? Or it was uh, Treasure... Uh, what was the game? It was a Square Enix RPG oh, that never came out. Treasure Hunter G. I don't know if it was... Tre- I, I don't think it was that. I can't remember. 
Rudra? Yeah, Treasure of the Rudras. There you go. Uh, Rudra no Hiho. That's why I knew the Japanese name. Uh, but yeah, I think he helped out with that as well. And there was a really cool arrangement of it on uh, Battle SQ, which was one of my Music of the Year albums three years ago. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Speaking I, of things... I like to... Hey, I have something too. Come on. Well, I wasn't moving on to the next song. I was... Oh. I was going to say, speaking of things that are old, me. I was trying to make it sad for a second. You know, I'm sorry. You're not. You're, not you're the youngest out of the three of us, yeah. Stephen. So. Woohoo! Yeah, treasure that. <laughs> I'd, I'd treasure what Mike's comment was about to be before I cut him off. Oh yeah, what was it? Oh yeah, I like that. I, I think you talked about it when we were off air, but I like the Mystic Quest. Is like now it's kind of cool. Like, it used to be kind of, like, hated, and it's... Isn't it called, like, Final Fantasy USA or something in Japan? Yep. Like, it's kind of this weird, like... My first RPG. Yeah, yeah, and and it is. It's basic and it's simple, but I always had a lot of fun with it. Granted, I was a kid. I don't know if I still would now. But, no, I, I always liked that game. And that song is... Well, everything you already said. Just this rockin', like, 16-bit song. But I don't know. Between that and... Wasn't uh, there's some factoid I don't know what offhand, but because that showed up in Curtain Call, and I think that's the first time that Squares like acknowledged that game existed like since it came out, right? I think so, yeah. Like I don't think they've ever mentioned it. It's never appeared in any other game until it showed up in Curtain Call. So that's pretty which, interesting. Which is a shame too, because they never released DLC for the third song you would want from that game, Dark King Battle, the final boss theme. Mm, yeah. Which may or may not appear in our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Foreshadowing. Yeah. Foreshadowing, indeed. Speaking of foreshadowing, I sure hope no UBs show up and attack me on a tanker. That would be awful. It would be awful. It would cause a plosive attack, I'd imagine. Probably. Oh, your puns are so powerful. My pun game is on fleek today. And there goes all the audience. Oh, well. Now we can just talk amongst ourselves. Yes. Plosive attack is so different from Shimimura's other work. Okay, thank you. Thank you for like, saying that. It, it, not that I don't think it sounds like her, but the tone in that game, and in this song especially, sounds very different from what she does with a lot of other games. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's intentional, because, you know, it's supposed to have sort of a cinematic takes place in the U.S., even though it's totally a Japanese flavor to the story. Which makes yeah. sense, based on a Japanese novel, but yeah. there you go. I never thought yeah, about I that, think... yeah. I think this is one of my, well, okay, it's not my first introduction to her music because that would have been Super Mario RPG, but it is one of my earlier introductions to her music. Um, and it's still, in just the entire subject itself, it's still one of the things I think about when I think of her, but I totally agree. That's I literally wrote that down, that this sounds very different from what we, you know, traditionally think about her music, especially with, you know, recent things like Fantasy XV and the Kingdom Hearts games. But I love it. It's this is like one of my favorite tracks in the game. One of my favorite boss battle tracks. I love the I love the organ that she uses in this track, or the organ's like synth that is there, like right at the beginning and whatnot. On a scale from one to awesome, I rate it super great. <laughs> Where is that in that scale? Yeah. We'll ask Strongbad when he first said it. So it's below awesome. We may never know. 
Wait, are you you're rating a Shimomura track below awesome? What's who are you and where is the real Steve? I rated it super great. Maybe super great is above awesome. Yeah, what if, yeah. What if it's a numerical scale and it's a ninety-eight to a one hundred? Oh, I get you. I get you. Okay, See? so it's okay. it's you're basically using the working designs uh, scale because their games Correct. went to eleven, <laughs> which was a quote from Spinal Tap, and then so did their company. But anyway, they went belly up. Just okay, so Mike, what yeah, are your thoughts? What? Oh, it's a good song. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, Stephen's been taking all these like music lessons, so I always feel like if I don't use proper like terminology then he's gonna like quietly judge me and be like oh actually that's called a that's called a bridge mike but so i don't know all i know is i think of this song and i picture it in photoshop terms where there's layers and there's i see two layers in this song and there's this lower one that has this like consistent tempo keeps the song moving but then the other layer is the more is it rock is it guitar i don't know what it is but it's harder edge. it's kind of atmospheric almost yeah, but like there, I like, really see like two distinct parts of that song. I just like how they play off each other. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's all. That's all. There isn't well, any then, more. Then we, we should move on to our next block. Which I also started because I am just that awesome. Well, then so what did you pick? I picked Saber's Edge from Final Fantasy XIII. Um, quite possibly my favorite. Well... Uh, it's kind of tied for my favorite track on the soundtrack, but it is one of my favorite Final Fantasy boss themes of all time. Quite possibly yeah. my most favorite. The bridge so. in that song is amazing, which we will discuss when we listen to it. Yes. And then Mike, I think you had the next one? Yeah, I picked the boss battle from Final Fantasy IV, although this is the arrangement from the DS version. and then Which is a good like, arrangement. Oh, yeah. I did like it. I believe that was Junya Nakano that did those. Oh, okay. And then Steven has our third track. I do. Uh, I, I think I featured Last Ranker on the show. I did. I featured on Music of the Year, and Rob said he didn't think it sounded good, and then he thought it was crap, and then I made him upset because I said something insulting, and we had to apologize to each other. Behind-the-scenes stuff. It's good. But this is Journey Without End from The Last Ranker, which was a Capcom-released PSP RPG. Yes, Capcom did, in fact, used to release video games that were RPGs. So, Marvel... You could have just stopped it at Capcom used to release video games. Well, they just released Mega Man. That's true. A collection of old Mega Man games. They've never done that before. Although it actually is pretty cool and I bought it. That's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, coming up, we've got Saber's Edge, Boss Battle from FF4DS, and Journey Without End.
So there are two parts of that song that I want to point out specifically. One is from 35 Seconds. That build-up, I literally freaked out with excitement the first time I played the 13 demo. Actually, when the person sitting behind me, who is visiting and very silent and taking me to the airport tomorrow, uh, I lived with him when we played the 13 demo. And uh, as he will agree, the that, song, that part of the song is fantastic. Also, from 150, that build-up is just amazing that, like, it just keeps building and building to more and more excitement. And then, like, just the piano hits underscoring the melody. It's, like, very subtle, but, like, every time there's, like, a percussion hit, there's a piano hit. And it's just, like, mm, love that boss thing. It's so good. Yeah, I love the play between the strings and the piano throughout this entire piece. There's Hamozo is really good with uh, how he likes to throw stuff in there that it doesn't... It's not what you're expecting, I think, when you think uh, like piano music. It's sort of weird and out there, but it works so well mm, with all of his stuff. Definitely. And it works especially well in this track, how it sort of, part of it is it's sort of just playing off the strings. You've got piano first and the strings come in and it's almost this weird kind of hopeful opening it, it doesn't sound minor or you know super serious like um other bosses i could think i could think of but then when you're getting to the really kick-ass parts with the uh the swelling of the strings and the brass and the pianos there in the background doing its thing and it, it's getting really kind of crazy and i love it so much this is this play is really early in the game. Like after the opening cutscene, this is like the first thing that you hear. You actually hear this before you hear the main ba normal battle theme, and it's a great way, I think, to sort of start off the game with one of the best battle themes in the game, possibly in the entire series. It's like it's like I said, it's probably my current favorite uh, boss theme in the series, just because of how awesome it is. Agreed. That's high praise. It's one of my favorite in the series. Hamauzu was great. It's a shame the game doesn't get a better reputation, at least for its music. I think maybe it's uh, for the music. But yeah, for the music, for the yeah. Now, yeah. touche. Yeah, yeah, great song. I, I was pretty much going to say everything you guys did about the build-up and the progression of the song. It's, just, it's a really interesting journey. Probably more than the straight line the game puts you on. But Yeah, or the, we better not fulfill our focus. We fulfilled our focus. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Speaking of games with less linear storylines. Let's focus on, on Mike's pick. The moon. Like, we should shoot for the moon in on Mike's pick. And I think he did. That FF4 has... I, I like the most of the battle themes in FF4 better than Final Fantasy VI. Maybe not five. I don't know. But among the SNES titles, it is one of my favorite games in terms of battle themes. And the DS remake, uh, I, again, I think it was Junya Nakano that did uh, all the arrangements of it. And I, I thought it was fantastic. This is the only version of the game I've beaten, um, and I thought the music was great. Yeah, what, it's the only what version I like, of the game I've played, so... Oh, okay. No, but like, what I like about it is that it's, it definitely feels, you can tell, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a new arrangement, but it's very, very true to the original. Mm-hmm. So it's still, I don't know, it doesn't really sound like a Super Nintendo game, but I don't know, I, I just like how they arranged it. Cause it's very like, oh yeah, I know that song, but this is just a, I don't know, it's a little more complex than the original version, the instrumentation yeah. they used. 
but it's still... And, and I'm with you, because I think four, all of four's battle themes, boss themes, are just some of the better ones of the older games. I, like, I totally agree. I like how it starts with the traditional opening for Final Fantasy games, you know, bana, 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 bana. Mm-hmm. but if there's a twist to it, it you can hear it right at the beginning that there's something not quite right, because it sounds off, and then it goes into the main the main verse, and you're like, oh, this is this is a boss theme, and things are getting kind of serious, and sounds like a boss theme, but then you get sort of to the middle, and things turn around a little bit, sound a little bit happier, or more positive. I like how their ebbs and flows in this track sort of go along with ebbs and flows in the fight, because you might start off and be in a bad position and then you you know get your get your second win and then things go wrong again i like that actually that's pretty accurate because there's plenty of boss battles in that game you're like oh this is fine and then oh i'm almost dead this is fine you used the wrong attack and then ruby kante shows up and casts like four thousand fireaga spells on you exactly yeah so steven picked a song too I did indeed, from Last Rancor, which one of my favorite Shimomura albums that most people probably haven't even listened to because the game never came out here. It's a cool game, too. Uh, I've actually been playing it lately for some Japanese practice, and it's, it's a pretty neat PSP RPG. It's very pretty, cool artwork, and uh, I love this particular song. This is one of the main themes of the game. Or rather, it's the boss theme that incorporates a recurring motif, and just that do 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 It's so Shimomura when... You have that violin come in. I think it's at like 40 or 55 seconds in. You know you're listening to mid-2000s Shimomura when that crazy Kingdom Hearts violin kicks in. And it's just... Mm. I mean, it's probably why I love it. It's tapping into a, a part of my brain that is predisposed to love anything that sounds like Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. But I, I really like it. And I think the game as a whole has a really tight soundtrack. Thank yeah, you. every time you pick a track from this game, I want to play it. And then I am like... Uh, I'd have to. It, I could play, but it would take me forever because my Japanese is so bad. So. Now, the main character this, or? Capcom did indeed develop this, I believe, and it stars generic JRPG protagonist with short black hair, number forty-five thousand. But uh, it's I, I like it a lot so far. Um, I'm following the story, and it's interesting. It's a little. I mean, I can't. I'm. I'm only like four or five hours into it, so I can't comment too heavily, but it certainly seems like a good game. The combat's fun. I really, I dig the rock in this. Like, I know it's not the first time Shimomura has done rock in her stuff, but I, I actually, I would love to hear more of it, more more music where she sort of blends strings and rock together. So, although 15, 15's got some rocking in it, so mm, give wait. me that soundtrack. Need it. 2016, confirmed today, for sure. With uh, an announcement release window of, I think they said they would announce the release date in March, a special event. They announced the announcement of the release date. It'll be in March. It's very Square Enix of them, but you know, at this point, I'll take it. They they have a schedule that they're sticking to, so you know what? We got to stop. Let them make the game. It'll come out, and hopefully, it'll be great. Speaking of games that we maybe should have worked a little harder to buy, and maybe Sega should have worked a little harder to make more than ten of. Coming up in the next block, Mike, you picked our first track. Yeah, I picked the... Is it a tome? Adam Dragon. Adam Dragon battle theme from Panzer Dragon Saga. A game I've never played, but mm. I kind of stumbled across this song for this episode, and uh, I like it a lot. 
every piece of music from the entire Panzer Dragoon series is amazing. So, yeah, good choice. I picked the second track, and I uh, I dived into a little Wild Arms Crossfire with Beauty and the Shining Sword versus Rupert Dandridge, which is a hilarious name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Crossfire has one of my favorite Wild Arms soundtracks. I think I've said that before the last time we played a track from it. And I, get, I think it was probably me that picked it. No, it might have been Derek. I can't remember. But whatever. It's awesome, and you will listen to it, and you will know why I love it. It, has, it works in the main theme of Crossfire, and it's awesome. And Caitlin's song is awesome, too. What did you pick? I picked I'll Face Myself. Uh, this is from the remix album for Persona 4, Nevermore. Reincarnation. Um, yeah. Reincarnation, yeah. It's a, it's a kick-ass a, a rock version of the main boss theme in Persona 4. And you know that it actually plays in Persona 4 Golden. It does, yes. It plays and when that's, you fight a, a new boss unique to Golden. That's, uh, that's where I first heard it, and then I had to have it. So See, I heard Reincarnation first and loved it. And then I'm playing Golden, and I got there, and I was like, because the battle starts, and you, it sounds sort of like it's the regular boss theme, and then you're like, oh my god, it's the amazing live one! <laughs> so on that glorious note, let's go ahead and take a listen to Adam Dragon battle theme, Beauty and the Shining Sword, and I'll Face Myself Battle.
Yeah, so like I said, I haven't played... I know I should have played Panzer Dragoon. Although, like you said, they made very, very few copies of Panzer Dragoon Saga. So I think they literally made 10,000 copies of it total. I think so, yeah, which is very sad. And Dad sold mine. <laughs> oh, that's also sad. By accident at a yard sale. I think I've told the story before, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad. Bad Dad. Now I wish I bought that one I saw in Japan for like 20 bucks. You buh! <laughs> I mean, it was the Japanese one, so it wouldn't do you any good if you had an, an American system, but still. Yeah, anyway, so I don't I don't know the games that well, but I do like the, I don't know, I tribal, I guess? The drums and... Yeah. Uh, I use the same thing. I said it has a Shadow Hearts 3-esque tribal sound, although I guess Shadow Hearts 3 has a Panzer Dragoon-esque tribal sound. But either way, I, I that's something that I've always loved about this series, is that it has a very, like, sort of of-the-earth and very organic acoustic sound to it that just a crimson dragon has it to an extent as well which is yeah. uh, one of the same composers saori kobayashi who uh now works with brave wave which is an awesome label and you should buy all their music um but yeah the, uh, there there's just something about the music in panzer dragoon that feels alive you know it does not feel like synthesizer music it feels like you are feels almost like you're hearing the music in like a circle around a campfire or something like people are performing it for you yeah, I mean, I also wrote down Tribal when I heard it because it had that kind of uh, organic feeling to it. Actually, um, I've never played Panther Dragoon. I keep wanting to because um, I know it's a lot of love and it always looked really different from a lot of other games at the time. Um, but I'm, all, I'm kind of curious listening to this track, what, the, what this boss fight is like because it, I mean... There's definitely movement to it, but it also sort of feels a little relaxed, and it kind of makes me wonder what the fight looks like. You should watch some gameplay on YouTube. It's a very cyclical type of battle system where you're flying around on your dragon. It's, it's really interesting. It's a cool game. It, I know there's the, the tendency of its rarity makes people say that it's this perfect game, and it's a great game, but it has aged a little weirdly in some ways. It's, it's pretty slow. Um but it's worth watching. It, it's a very visually unique game, even though, you know, the, the polygons are not exactly impressive anymore. But, uh, you know, Panzer Dragoon Orda also lets you sort of get a glimpse of that art style, but a much better uh, rendering of it because it's on the original Xbox. But, uh, yeah, it's you're right. It, it has a lot of movement to it. All the battles have movement. I, I wonder how it would do if they... Not that they will, probably, but if they were to, like kind of give a light remaster and release this game on PC or modern very, consoles. Very Sega, sad, the very remaster a game? What? <laughs> They're great at that. Well, but the, the, the very sad story is that they can't. The source code for this game was lost long ago, because if you recall, back in the 2010, I think, they released uh, Radiant Silver Gun on Xbox Live Arcade, which is another one of those very rare, hard-to-find Saturn games that everyone loved. And everyone was like, oh my god, we got Radiant Silver Gun. Maybe we'll get Panzer Dragoon Saga. But the, uh, I think the director or the creator said that the, all the source code and assets for the game have been lost. So it's unlikely we will ever see a Panzer Dragoon Saga again. You know, uh, kind of a tangent, but that's really interesting to, to hear. I mean, sad, but also interesting. I was reading an article in Game Informer about preservation of video games and how it's more than just you know keeping a copy of the game. It's also keeping things like the original code and things that were used during the development of games to preserve the history, not just of playing games, but making games. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. As a comparison, 
when we edit this show, you know, if I delete all of the working files, I can never really edit the show again. Like, you know, once it's finished, I could go back in and, and mess with the, you know, it's a little better because we use Adobe Audition. So I can go back and edit the, you know, the, 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 the play of it. But, you know, if I were to not have, for example, the Adobe Audition file or the original recording file, I wouldn't be able to do a whole lot. So, you know, it's it's very easy to see how, you know, one instance of bureaucratic miscommunication or anything within a company, you know, especially, you know, you consider they lost the code for the original Kingdom Hearts or yeah. the assets for the original Kingdom Hearts. That was 2001, I think. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, odds are even better that this game released in the mid-90s, the mid you know, just the, the odds that they have it lying around are... It's it's interesting how you know quickly we lose these things. Even you would think a company that would keep close tabs on that. Yeah, but hopefully maybe that's something that will get better with time. I think the more oh, video games yeah. come into mainstream, the more developers are going to say, "Ah, we should probably hold on to this stuff." I think preservation is definitely more common now. I don't know that anything released now would be unable to be accessed, but what the prevalence of re-releases and digital being a thing, you know, it's not like you press the game to a disc and forget about it forever now, you know? Yeah. Plus, you know, I mean, like hell, backups. Which like, you hope everyone uses. Think about Knights of the Old Republic 2. That game just got a patch, and that's a 10-year-old game or something. I think it's like 10 years old at this point. Uh, but KOTOR 2 got a patch, which should indicate just how far we've come in keeping things around to work on. Mm -hmm. Speaking of things we don't keep around anymore, Sony... Oh. My Wild Arms series. Although they've said that it's not dead. They've said that they would love to make another one. So maybe someday we'll get another Wild Arms. But in the meantime, Crossfire, uh, I, I think it's a polarizing game because it's unlike Final Fantasy Tactics. It's not a build your party any way you want kind of game. It's a you guess the right party combination you need to win this battle or you die. <laughs> you know, the game informs you of what you're going to have to do. But I think that's very different from the traditional grind, make your party strong, just kill everything with a monk sort of uh, strategy RPG thing. But I, it's a great game, uh, and it has, like every single other game in the series, really, really solid music. And what I really, really love about this song is that right around 54 seconds, you get a little bit of to, uh, Into the Wilderness, the main theme of Wild Arms 1, which is recanted, I think, once in 4 and once in 5 as well. Um, but it really sort of ties it into the series, but also, because this, this character, Rupert Dandridge, is an important character in the story. Um... Uh, or an important character in the story of Wild Arms, uh, cr Crossfire. And so the Shining Sword is the sword that your main character uses, and presumably she, the beauty is her. But it's her name's Clarissa, and she explains it all in the game. So <laughs> great music, great game. I love that song. What would you guys think? That was on purpose. Uh, that was what? The Clarissa on purpose? thing was on purpose. Oh, yeah, absolutely on purpose. Well, I think it's, it's interesting and almost... Well, I wrote weird, um, because you've got a little bit of a spaghetti western kind of feel um, in, the, in the main verse, um, with the sort of the f flute or whatever it is. But then you also just have that sort of dance or almost sort of disco-like beat in the background with the piano. Oh, yeah, and then you've also got uh, a rock portion. You've got a rock guitar that comes in to play the main melody later on. So it's just an interesting sort of mix-up of different genres of music and, well, you know, movie-esque styles. So A lot of flavor. Yeah, it's a flavorful track. I'll get yes. to that. And I really do like the beat. Um, 
Did she it, just describe my chair as delicious? <laughs> Sorry, I was, quote, I was quoting Parks and Rec, but yes. <laughs> just derailed everything with that. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. We, we were referring with flavor, but I like it. Sorry, Caitlin. Continue. That's No, that's what I had to say. So, Mike, what do you think? All, all of that, basically. No. <laughs> um, no, no, there's a lot going on in that song, but it's all really interesting. And I, I don't know the Wild Arms games, unfortunately, outside of the first one. So the fact that the original theme is in there a little bit, I like that a lot. I didn't realize I looked up the soundtrack before we recorded, but I didn't know like so many people worked on this one. And it was not the original composer that did this song, so I still like that they... Uh, yeah, not Michia, not Michiru Naruke. Yeah, at least not this track. Correct. Um, I actually don't, I don't know that she worked on any of Crossfire, because she got sick uh, around Wild Arms 4, I believe, 4 or 5, and worked and reduced her role, which is good, because you know, these are big, big soundtracks. Speaking of big, big songs. Yes. So Persona 4 has an amazing soundtrack. Caitlin, what did you think of your track? Uh, I love it, like, to death. Um, this is already, I already the, the main boss thing that plays just in the regular soundtrack is, also, is already just a really good track. And then this is a very well-done remix, not only of the battle portion, but you also have the um, the story version that plays whenever you're talking with a person after the boss fight um, at the end there. and But I mean, just the, the battle portions, the rock, uh, so good. The, right at 317, that was my cell phone ringtone for a very long time where it gets into the very main part of the song that do, 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 do. Mm. It's, it, like, it's impossible to not get excited when you hear that in the, in the game. Uh, it's it was so cool of the development team to include that for that battle, you know, because this is something that came out after Persona Four, and so to have that song incorporated into the game for a unique battle. Yeah, well, two actually. Yes, true. It's a, it's a two part battle, and they used different portions from the song for each battle. So the first one uh, is a little bit quieter. It starts off with the the intro for the song that you hear, and then the the main song, you're just playing it by itself. And then the second one gets a little bit more rocky because it's... Um, rocky. You're fighting the same person, but the second boss fight is like their transformed version, which is supposed to be more like dangerous and whatnot. So it's a bit more epic sounding to, uh, you know, to sort of fit that, that fight. But um, I, I wish I could talk about... This yeah, boss we don't fight, want, but we don't want to spoil. It's it's a good people. boss fight. It's a very cool boss fight that they, I, in my opinion, they did a great job integrating into the storyline of the game. It, you know, it's you could you could put together two and two. It's the boss of the new dungeon added in Golden, and uh, it's it's very well integrated in my opinion. And I, I I'll just say that uh, this boss theme in both the boss fights makes the tedium of the dungeon makes totally up. worth it. Yeah, the dungeon sucks, but the boss yeah. battle and the song are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry for those of you looking forward to it. The 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 dungeon is pretty but stupid. Yeah, it's it's built so that way you don't level up in it and throw off the balance of the last part of the game. It's like a roguelike, but you lose all of your stuff. It's lame, but regardless, good song. How how does it rank compared to the bonus stuff in Chrono Trigger DS? Because that did not feel like the rest of the game at all, and it's kind of awful. 
Uh, it's better than those okay. because those are those are not incorporated story wise into the game really at all. Yeah. Uh, this is incorporated pretty well into the story, so it's it's not a it's not a fun dungeon per se in my opinion, but it's still you know it's 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 playable enough. I actually had more of an emotional response to this boss fight than a lot of the boss fights. Oh yeah, the well, game. it was very much built up throughout the game. Yeah. Speaking of things we built up to, our very... Maybe I should play the game, huh? Yes! Probably should. <laughs> Get Golden and play it. What's wrong with you? I have Golden, I just haven't played it. Well, fix that. Yeah, play finish three as well. Just get on that. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> just try, that. I'll try. Play it on play it on raid night. Just make raid delete raid night and make raid night persona night. Yeah, someone take fourteen away from me and I'll play all kinds of games. <laughs> no, just make yourself a kick ass macro and then you can just they won't know that you're not there. You have to you make it make a gambit to be you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm noticing about our fourth block. We have some seriously dramatic titles, and. That's appropriate for the final block of our boss theme episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I have the first Caitlin, one. if you can control yourself, maybe you should announce our first track. I don't know how I can, considering the track is called Uncontrollable. Everybody is going to stop listening to this show if we keep this up. From Xenoblade, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm calling it Xenoblade Cross. If Wild Arms Crossfire and Project Cross Zone are cross, even though they have X's in their names, then Xenoblade X is Xenoblade Cross for me from now on. I, am just, to, I thought they called it Project X Zone. They call it Project Cross Zone? I think it's Project Cross Zone. Shut that up. The, the, the Japanese is Kudos Zone. Oh, so, my lord. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, tangent. Anyway, this is, um, this is when you fight... The equivalent of the unique monsters in Xenoblade Cross, um, they're called Overed, although they may be changing that in translation since they're changing other things. So Maybe anyway. they'll call them Rhine Times or something. <laughs> Imagine if every time you fought a unique monster in Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm going to call it X because I like that. Uh, every time you got into a fight, they go, all right, it's Rhine Time, even though Rhine's not in the game. It's not at all. I'd be okay with that. I would as well. I would be okay with it too. Following that track, which is a good one, is mine, which is also a good one. It's from Live Alive, and it's this was actually featured in a strange karaoke version in uh, Yokoshima Mora's Memoria album, but this is the boss theme from Live Alive, Megalomania, and it's awesome, and I love it, and it's a super cool Super Nintendo song. I went Super Nintendo heavy today, huh? You did. Goodness. Nothing nice. wrong with that. I did a good job. a Genesis kid. Right? Oh, we'll do... I played it. Problem is, I can't pick Fantasy Star music that often because... I played all of it in the first two episodes. Oh, the first three episodes. So I try to do it sparingly. Speaking of Fantasy Star. Oh, that was a nice segue. Thank you. It's the first one that actually makes sense in this episode. All my segues make sense. It's clear. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. Nine out of ten final bosses agree that my segues are the best. Oh, I didn't say they weren't the best. We're anyway. not on final bosses yet, Steve. Nine out of ten mid-bosses agree. Overrids. <laughs> Nine out of ten overrids agree. Mine are great. Okay. So I picked the Dark Falls. Well, there's two of them, but the Phase 1 theme from Fantasy Star Online 2, a game that we're totally going to get in 2012. You know what's interesting about that, too, is we picked Derek and I back in our Fantasy Star episode. I think our final track of the second one, the later series from Fantasy Star Online, we had a sample track from Fantasy Star Online 2 before Dark Falls was in the game. And it's sort of ironic that we said, man, maybe we're going to get the game soon. 
back when we first started this show. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. And now, 24 episodes later. Screw you, Sega. <laughs> hurt me so bad. Oh, look, and now the kitty's drinking out of my cup of water. Well, you do what you gotta do. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, that was it. That's my song. Let's, oh, let's that's your song. Listen to him now. We should listen to them. Let's go ahead and uncontrollably have megalomania while we listen to Dark Falls Phase 1.
So it's um, no small task, I think, to come up with a theme to compete with You Will Know Our Names, which was the battle theme for the unique monsters in Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, but I really do think this is a worthy successor. Um, obviously, they sound very different. They're both rock songs, but, you know, they sound different. Basically, uh, everybody's going to complain about this soundtrack when it comes out because it's different. And I, you know, that's fine. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, I love it. It's my um, cup of tea. Yeah. So, I mean, Green. they can complain and we'll just play the music and, and, you know, gab over how good it is, in our opinion. Our humble opinions. I'm ho. Um, it's a really good, I like how it starts off with the, the guitar at the beginning. There's this really cool counterpoint that goes at the beginning and sort of in the middle and then at the end, the bum, 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 bum. I love that part so much. <laughs> and it's interesting, I think, that they had this sort of counterpoint in the vocals between the, the male vocals and the, the female vocals. Um, and the latter half of the song, they're singing over each other and they're singing different things, but they're, they do kind of relate to each other and they meet up at the end. And that was a really interesting uh, choice there. I don't really hear a lot of songs that do that, so I appreciated that. The lyrics are English at times. It's typical Samoano sort of, you know, it doesn't quite makes sense. If you read the written lyrics, they don't fit the rhythm <laughs> I would of go with the, the songs. I would go with the phrase English at best. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I kind of liked the lyrics of the song. They don't make sense at all for a, you know, music that plays when you're fighting gigantic monsters. But it was an interesting story that they told about these two people who are sort of drifting apart, but fighting it and trying to find a way back to each other. So I, I kind of liked it more than some of his other lyrics, not lyrics from this game, but some of his other stuff from anime and whatnot. So not, not to sound cliche, but this world sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, That's, I love, that is a different song. That, uh, that bridge part with the female vocal solo is awesome. Yeah. I, mm, tasty. Yeah, it's it, most, I, I don't want to say most, I should probably listen to make sure, but like a lot of the lyrics on just the album as a whole, like I, when you really listen to them, I'm like, uh, okay, but I, I don't care. Like on this one, there's certain tracks on this album that I wasn't totally sold on the first time I heard it, and they eventually grew on me. Like I always like this one, whether or not the lyrics make sense, I don't care because it's such a great song. It is a pretty great song. You know, it's like we said every time we play Xenoblade X music, it's different from Xenoblade, and that's going to rub people the wrong way, but it fits the game they built. Yes. A game we will hopefully be playing in the next couple of months. Well, hopefully we will be, but I just can't wait for it. Speaking of games I'd like to be playing in English in the next couple of months and might never be, officially, uh, Live Alive, Megalomania. I really love that song. Uh, I actually heard it a long time ago when I played uh, it, and... It recently reappeared on Memoria and sort of reminded me that I liked it a lot. Memoria has a non-karaoke version and a karaoke version, and it's it's silly. The, the words are sort of dumb, but it's uh, it's. I think it sounds great, but now I can't hear it without the vocals whenever I listen. But it's it's such a cool. It's early Shimomura. I think it might actually be her first soundtrack she did for Square Enix, and it just it has such a. It feels different from the other work she's done, and I really like to see that sort of evolution and how her boss battles always had that sort of really intense battle, that just really, really intense, fast-paced, 
high tension type of music. I mean, you have a few exceptions, like in you know Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance and stuff. But overall, just the bridge is great. It's very intense, and I like it. It's megalomaniacal. <laughs> you were waiting for that one, weren't you? Yeah. I was. I didn't realize this was Shimamura until I looked at the credits afterwards, and I was surprised because it doesn't sound really like Shimamura at all. I mean, maybe the um, the bridge part with the the string or the organ synth, whatever it is it's doing, the sort of crazy back and forth down the scale uh, sounds like her a little bit, but the rest of it's kind of like, this is Shimamura? Yeah. Wow. Quite different. Yeah. And it's also, it's kind of interesting to compare this with Mystic Quest earlier, because they're both SNES games, but there's a pretty different quality to the sound. Even though I think Mystic Quest is older? I think Mystic Quest is a little bit older. Yeah. I find that interesting, though. Like, Mystic Quest sounded like SNES games that I remember. Megalomania, or Live Alive, um, sounds different, almost. You say it sounds alive. Mike's getting megalomaniacal with his comments. Maybe. Do you know what that word means, Stephen? <laughs> Do you? You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it does. Speaking of people with megalomania, Mike, would you like oh, to me? Comment? I don't have megalomania. Or do you mean the, do you mean Dark Falls? I don't know. Maybe I do. Perhaps before we talk about it, maybe I should point out that the nomenclature here might be a little mixed. So this is, it plays during the first form, I believe, of Dark Falls in Fantasy Star Online 2. And it technically might be a final boss track, Mike, but I'm going to let you get away with it because it's cool. But on the soundtrack, the song is, it's its a series of songs called La Lino Per Il Idola. I probably butchered that Italian. I think it's Italian. Um, but it's three separate songs. And we mentioned this a long time ago. But Fantasy Star Online 2 actually dynamically generates its music based on how you're fighting bosses. So it's its tough to get an exact recreation of like the version of the song you might hear when you're fighting it. But this is sort of a, a mix of them. And I like it. Uh, it's, it, refer, you know, it has that throwback to PSO1 and I am always okay with that because PSO1 did a great job throwing back to its predecessors so it's a, a nice tradition to be carried on and I think pretty sure this one was composed by Hideaki Kobayashi uh, almost positive it was but yeah it's good stuff I like it yeah I, I totally forgot about the whole dynamic thing when I picked this one uh, like I heard this song and I was like oh hey one I didn't know they added Dark Falls to PSO2 and, Spoiler uh, alert, I guess, but you're never going to get to play it, so it doesn't matter. I guess. And that's that's my excuse for the whole, it's technically a final boss thing, but I don't know how the game works. He was added in an update, so I figured, well, maybe he's not a final story boss, so it just counts as a regular boss theme. So I really just blame Sega. Because if the game came out here, then I would know if it's a final boss or not. I think our audience would agree that blame Sega is the best way to do it. Blame Sega and blame tweet, Sega. It, tweet at them and, and tell them that we love them very much and we would love to see their excellent new Fantasy Star title, which is now four years old. Uh, yeah, but it's still going in Japan. I, I would love it. Um, yeah, I like it. I don't know the old Fantasy Star games, but I played the original Fantasy Star Online like a lot. Yeah. So much. So I think that's why I like this one so much, because I can hear the themes from the first game in this one. So, and I, if you look up this boss battle, if you really want to torture yourself, but this fight in the game looks incredible. 
I'd love it. It looks very cool. Yeah. We should play it together. You can play the Asian version. It's in English. I might. Which makes sense. Yeah. Caitlin? Well, I don't want to, like, end the episode on a, on a downer. Um, I just, I, maybe it was the version that we listened to. I, I'm wondering if the, um, the version from the soundtrack, if this was a rip from the game or whatnot, might, might sound different. It was just a little bit too overwhelming for me with the sense, um, was a bit, just a bit too loud, too much noise. So it was pretty intense. It yeah. It kind of beat over the head. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> so does Dark Falls. Yeah, exactly. So alas, this is the end of our rhythm encounter where all three of us are in the United States. Caitlin and I are now in different states, and I will shortly be in another country, moving to Japan in seven hours. So that's fun. <laughs> and counting. Yeah, quite literally seven hours and counting. So as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, please do go to iTunes and rate us up. I haven't checked in a while because I've been so busy, but you better be rating us and telling and you know telling your mom to listen to the show and getting people to listen to game music because there's never been a better time to get into it. There are so many great arrangement albums, and I have many of them on my iPod ready to go, or my iPhone, whatever the hell we're calling it these days, to listen to on the airplane. There's just more than enough wonderful game music to listen to, and you should be getting other people into it because we want to preserve it and help more people appreciate how good it is. And if we can help you do that, use us. And on that note, you can also contact us either at music at RPGFan.com. You can get me on Twitter at SJM Talis. You can get Mike on Twitter. At Valkyrie Studio. And maybe I'll actually read it. Yes, you can get Caitlin on Twitter. I'm at Liam underscore Cazero. And you can get... We have awesome new social media people on the site, so if you contact us now via social media at RPGFanCom, you can also talk to our cool social media people who are clever and say funny things, and we'll hopefully talk about the podcast. You should also be listening to Retro Encounter, which you might be, because that appears to have a huge number of people listening to it. Our three-times-a-month show where they play through awesome games that I'm no longer on because I didn't have the time, but they just got done, or I believe they're wrapping up the last story right now, and I don't know if they've spoiled what is coming up next month yet, so I won't, but... It looks like it's going to be pretty cool. So with that, our boss themes episode is over, and we will complete our battle series with final boss themes in the next episode while I'm in Japan, so it's going to be super interesting. But in the meantime, you should take a listen to our secret guest track, and I don't even know what it is. So Michael and Caitlin, what is our track? And who picked it, and why? (laughs) Well, other Mike, or Mike, how many names do we have for him? Mike 2... I've been calling him Mike Duodecim lately. Oh, I like that. Okay, so Mike Solosi is a music editor, and he had talked about wanting to be on this episode, but it didn't work out. But because of that, I asked him to pick a final or a secret track for us. So he chose this track we're going to close with, which is Combat 4 from Grandia Extreme. And in that note, taking us out is from Grandia Extreme, a game with a terrible story and rather cool combat, the fourth combat theme. Thanks, Solosi, for picking it.
I don't, I do that if I have to, but I don't like doing that because that means I have to move my finger. 